Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Slide, the Avalanche podcast. I am coming to you this week uh, sometime in the beginning of January. It's uh, This is episode eight, and I am in the depths of the Otari, Tanuki, Kamoshka, Kitsune crud. So we got a shorty for you this week because I've been fighting this bug. But the good news is it's nothing but meat, so I think we got some tasty meat, no bread, no veggies, none of that nonsense, just straight to it. And, uh, yeah, here you go. Recently, the good folk at the Teton County Search and Rescue Group were courageous enough to invite me to present at Wysaw, the Wyoming Snow and Avalanche Workshop. Anticipating a mostly professional audience, I spoke on the components of teamwork in professional avalanche operations, something I'd already written about for the Avalanche Review. As it turned out, the participants seemed skewed more towards recreational skiers and snowboarders. The principles of teamwork are the same, but we wear them differently when backcountry skiing than when at work. On a professional level, I demand we train for and practice the components of teamwork. I don't think demands would go over so well with my backcountry skiing partners. And expecting them to train for skiing with me is probably a bit of a stretch. Generally, I'm content if they're just willing to share their cookies. That being said, I think all of us as backcountry enthusiasts in avalanche country will benefit from prioritizing the components of teamwork. I've been looking for a reason to translate these ideas for a recreational audience, and part of the origin story of this podcast was a desire to make regional saw content more widely available. So that's what we're doing. We're doing it. That right there is what you call synergy, or is it synthesis? Or, uh, syncope? No? Yeah. Anyway, let's just settle on it being a damn fine idea. There's a difference between a team and a group. A group just means there's more than one member and some kind of relationship among the members. The relationship requirement is almost a formality. You can make a group out of anything. A group of people standing on the corner, hypnotized by their phones. A group of people that want to make better decisions in avalanche terrain. A group of people that ski together regularly. But you just gotta show up to be part of the group. A team is a group that works interdependently towards a common goal. They work interdependently towards a common goal. There are lots of groups out there that think they're teams, but they ain't. Sure, you can give a courtesy flush to helping each other. But do you and your partners actually work interdependently? What does that even mean? What's your degree of interdependence? Are you just sharing a ride and some Pop-Tarts, or do you truly rely on each other? Do you and your partner share a common goal? If one of you wants to attack the mountain every time you go skiing and the other is just happy to roam through the forest, then obviously not. But goals can diverge more subtly. Y'all may have varying levels of commitment to skiing a particular line. 
on a given day. Groups may actually be less than the sum of their parts. I've been in some of those. Many. Ah, for Christ's sakes, just let me do it by myself. Sound familiar? Whereas a team is more. Teams leverage a broader knowledge base and skill set. They have a greater capacity for making, sharing, integrating, and reassessing observations. Teams coordinate action. Teams are creative and resilient and adaptive, and they improve our margins of safety and our odds of success. Highly functioning teams make better decisions in avalanche country. Teams are pretty much where it's at. Well, <laughs> right on. Well, give me two of them there teams. Yeah, not so fast, Jerry. Building a team takes work. But it's not as hard as you might think. There are specific competencies we can focus on. If you're looking to make a team of your skiing partners, hey, they're probably already your friends, so, hey man, you're greased for success. First thing you need is a team name. I recommend a name that conveys power and dominance, like the Lords of Chunder. Just kidding. Please don't name your team. The kids will make fun of you and the adults will be irritated by you. We can chop team competencies into five parts. One, leadership. Two, communication. Three, cooperation. Four, culture. And five, awareness. Leo Kokokua. Leadership, communication, cooperation, culture, awareness. One, leadership. Small team leadership is about everyone accepting the responsibilities of leadership, not about one person being a leader. It's okay if one person is in charge. But I don't show up at the trailhead and explain to my partner that he better listen up because I'm driving this here bus to Powtown and we ain't stopping for chips and slurpees. In a successful small team, leadership is a shared responsibility. Leadership responsibilities include planning, oversight, and example. Planning ensures that you are all on the same page regarding goals and priorities. It can also describe specific roles and responsibilities, if the scenario calls for that. We're heading for the Chuhakuar, but it's not a given that we'll actually get there and ski it. Getting a good look at the route and the pack is equally important. You, you're going to break trail. I'll focus on navigation and deep thought. Understand that there's a big difference between planning and having a solid plan. Planning assesses your challenges and options. It's the process of sketching out multiple plans, any one of which could be gold or garbage. I love planning, spitting out ideas in my head, but I only build a hard plan when I need one. Well, hopefully before I actually need it. But regardless, everybody has to be on the same page. 
Farting around without knowing what is going on is not cool. Talk about what you're thinking. Cruise along the ridge and see what looks good. Okay, I'm game for that. That's a plan. Oversight is about reassessment. Like we talked about during the integration phase of situational awareness. Everybody shares the responsibility for periodically taking a step back and giving her a once-over. Oversight makes sure that everybody is still on the same page. Hey, man, I think we're getting a little off route. Do you guys think we're still on target to make this happen, or should we maybe consider different options? Example refers to being the role model. That is a leadership responsibility. You can't expect your partners to be knocking it out of the park while you spit and scratch in the dugout. Show up with your game face on. Leadership responsibilities. Planning, oversight, and example. That's knowing what's going on. Making sure you and everybody else still know what's going on. And walking the walk. Two, communication. Communication is a critical component of teamwork. Seems like I might have mentioned something like this before. For those of you that listened to episodes one and two, do you remember episodes one and two? Errol? Okay, let me help. Enquiry, advocacy, speaking, and listening. We all share responsibilities to ask questions to clarify our understanding, and to share opinions, to foster critical discourse. That's inquiry and advocacy. Surely you remember that. CCCTRA, those are our speaking responsibilities. Clear, complete, concise, timely, relevant, and acknowledged. That's how we package it our messages to each other. And don't forget to listen. Wait, you paying attention? Make listening a priority. If you are doing something else while you listen, you are distracted. We went into this in depth, so that's all I'm going to give you right now. There's a reason I started the podcast with communication. If you can't remember it, I encourage you to go back and review episodes one and two. They are now available on Amazon for $49.95 each, or you can get them both for $99.95. Homie got to pay the bills, right? Sadly, no. They're still up on SoundCloud, iTunes, etc. for free, and now I'm surviving on yakisoba, carrots, and kirin. You're welcome. Gotta keep that karma bank full, don't you know? So that's leadership and communication. Next is number three, cooperation. Cooperation is probably getting closer to the core of what most people think of when they stare at the clouds and ruminate on teamwork. Cooperation includes coordination, backup behavior, and adaptation. Coordination is simply synchronized action. Usually it references a plan and is optimized with communication. This can be pretty complex at an operational level, but if it's just you and your buddies out skiing or snowmobiling, it should be pretty simple, right? Often all you have to do is coordinate your skiing or riding to minimize exposure. 
So when the first person gets down, they just give a shout on the radio and you go and what? Huh? Oh, you don't have radios. I, uh, I see you are incapable of communicating with your partners at a distance. Well, the world needs ditch diggers too. I hope nothing goes wrong for you. But really, what could possibly go wrong? Backup behavior is just what it sounds like. Getting outside your box and looking for ways to help your partner. Hey, your skin's coming off. Let me clip that there for you, buddy. Pretty easy among friends, but you can make it harder. I say you should make it harder. Look for ways to assist optimize, and amend your partner's knowledge and action. That is going to take some communication skills. You're doing it wrong. Versus, hey, would you be okay with taking the pitch down a notch and putting in a few more switchbacks? I usually make better time that way, and maybe it's just me. If you can subjugate your egos to the point where that sort of feedback is encouraged and welcome, you are nailing it. Adaptability is one of the things that makes a team resilient in the face of challenges. If your team gets smacked in the face, you can take a step back, apologize to the nice little old lady, reassess, and come up with a new plan that does not involve profanity. Adaptation is the synthesis of empowerment and communication and creativity and unicorn stool. You got that. If you're nailing the other parts of teamwork, you got that. All of this stuff fits together. You're heading for the Chuhai Kuwar, but the weather starts socking in. Knowing that skiing it is not a high priority, you hazard an opinion that maybe it's time to reassess. And consider some other options. The three of you powwow for a moment. Danny boy thinks Big Bottom Bowl might be in good shape and it's not too far off route. Sounds good. You're doing it. You're adapting. So that's leadership, communication, and cooperation. Next item up for bid is number four. Culture. Culture is not the collectively regarded art and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement? I say it's not. Teamwork culture relies on task mastery, preparedness, volunteerism, work ethic, and conflict management. Task mastery. If you stink at something, like setting a skin track, work at getting better. Strive for mastery. Preparedness. Be ready. Always be ready. Yes, I've got a tool. Yes, I checked the weather obs and forecast. Yes, I have some skin wax. Yes, I've been saving for retirement for years. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Volunteerism. Easy. Hey, man, let me break trail for a while. But share the risk. And share the reward. Yeah, I'll cut that. Nah, you should go first. I've been out here every day this week. Here, have a bite of my cookie, little fella. Work ethic. Everybody has to pull their weight. 
Just do it. Don't shortchange yourself and everyone else. And conflict management. If you're pissed at the guy that's been skiing first and telling you what to do all day, deal with it somehow. You don't necessarily have to get all hugs and feelings, but don't let that frustration fester. You have to address conflict or truly let it go. Festering is malodorous and icky. That's teamwork culture. Task mastery, preparedness, volunteerism, work ethic, and conflict management. A lot of stuff there. You should probably be taking notes, unless you're driving. Don't take notes if you're driving. Just go ahead and tell Siri to put this episode on your Amazon Prime wish list. Leadership, communication, cooperation, culture, and finally, number four, awareness. (laughs) On a professional level, I refer to this concept as operational awareness. Fortunately, we backcountry skiers and snowmobilers are subject to nary an operational overlord that might cramp our style. This leaves us with a full measure of personal responsibility, and and that's a lot. Maybe that didn't come out quite the way I intended. But anyhow, you remember situational awareness, right? You remember situational awareness, right? The observation, integration, and projection cycle? Of course you do. Operational awareness is situational awareness applied to an entire system. And even without imperial overseers, we can exercise broader awareness with regard to the partner or people we're skiing with. One of the key components is human forecasting. This entails cultivating familiarity with your partner's knowledge, skills, and abilities and using that information to monitor and forecast their status and needs. We then use backup behavior to make everything hunky-dory. I'll say it again slower for our Uyghur listeners. That's Uyghur as in the ethnic group, not weaker as in those who need to hear it again no matter what. So in any case, here we go again. Cultivate familiarity with your partner's knowledge, skills, and abilities, and use that information to monitor and forecast their status and needs. Jim never has a second cup of coffee at home. If your buddy Sauron is usually the all-seeing eye, and today he's missing stuff, that should register and get plugged into your assessment and decision-making. Normally, you'd expect him to be on point, Today, maybe not so much. Maybe he needs an extra heads up. If Shaniqua is a legit ripper and you encounter a small unexpected rock ledge in the middle of a line you're skiing, you can probably forecast that she'll have no problem with it. If she's a hack from Hohokus, you're thinking maybe she'll want bait on a different route that avoids a little mandatory air. Pikachu is good, but he's never skied in the Rockies. He's going to need a primer, probably, on why they're called that. And I reckon on the joys of persistent slab problems as well. 
Winston doesn't pop out at the bottom of the couloir on schedule. I think something's wrong. How can I get a better view? What should I do? That's it. That's prying the human forecasting element out of operational awareness and using it in your backcountry skiing. Cultivating knowledge of your partner's strengths and weaknesses and using that knowledge to assess their needs and behavior is one of the easiest things you can do to maximize your efficacy as a team. It's called mutual performance modeling. And now I've gone and spoiled it with brain science mumbo jumbo, which would be an excellent name for a couple of dogs, mumbo and jumbo. Leadership, communication, cooperation, culture, and awareness. That's teamwork. Work on it, please. If that's too much for you, go boil some hot dogs. Yep, yep. Hey, that's it. I'm out of here. Whew. Thank goodness. Okay. Uh, yeah, I hope that was worthy. Teamwork. Booyah. So, uh, music as always brought to you by Kevin McLeod and Competech. Emotional support this week provided by the Avalanche Review. And good God, my venerable sponsors, DPS Skis, Drake Powderworks. How have I not been mentioning them on every single episode? They make the greatest powder skis in the world. And... I am a bad, bad man for not mentioning it before. So I'll have a little more for you next week. Some stories from uh, Japan starting to stack up here. And uh, we'll be back on track by then. In the meantime, be smart out there. And for everybody that's, uh, well, for everybody, thank you. Pray for snow.